is the Under Center Podcast. Hello and welcome to this live edition of the Under Center Podcast. Dara and Fionn here with you, looking at free agency and the first three days of it. Actually, the officially the start of the new league year today, even though we had those two days beforehand called the legal tampering period where basically all the deals were announced and done as if they weren't talking before Monday anyway to agree these deals. But anyway, we'll get in. There's no need to get into just specifics of that. Uh, Fionn, how are you, buddy? Nice. Nice to be back on live. We haven't done a live show for a while, so back back to our old ways and looking forward to it. A lot of stuff moving. I'm not going to pretend I'm on top of every deal that's been going through over the last three days. Uh, my Washington commanders haven't been doing a whole lot. Nothing blockbuster anyway. So uh, I've been nice and quiet on the socials. They've added a couple of linemen here and there. A couple of starters, uh, I think, from the Giants and maybe from the Vikings as well, if memory serves me right. But in general, n- nobody big. No big splashy signings. Uh, but look, we'll save that for the Washington podcast that, that we're doing at the moment. I'll go through all the stuff that we have signed some of that stuff but yeah it's going to be interesting i think now is when team seasons start to shape up right we're trying to get a sense of who's going all out this year who's playing chess and who's playing checkers and it's it's been unfolding slowly but at a quite a nice pace there's been some very interesting signings very interesting deals done so a plenty to discuss for us pair yeah uh and I should actually also mention congratulations on your first show of your command center podcast, which is very, which is a very good name. I know, uh, you know, your team is not great with naming themselves, but at least the podcast about the team is good. Well, look, this is it. We're going to go through the season and I'm going to float a few different names for the podcast. I'm not settled taking my inspiration from the commanders themselves. So eventually we'll go through, we'll pick a name that nobody particularly likes, but ultimately doesn't offend anyone, which seems like a very low bar to set. But hey, it got it got the Washington the Commanders to Commanders, so maybe it'll get us. So I'm hoping maybe some of the listeners will be able to chip in, let us know which ones they like the best. Maybe they have some suggestions. I'm more than welcome. It can be kind of team-related or something totally different. So it's something interesting that we're doing. Uh, hopefully we'll come up with something good. But I'm glad you like the first one. The first one out of the gate is always important. Well, that's it. And it's always the toughest as well. And especially you're by yourself. It's kind of hard to get content going, talking to yourself, having no one to bounce off. So I commend you for doing that. Very well done indeed. And make sure you are subscribed to our YouTube channel, Under Center Podcast, if you want to uh, watch more of uh, Fionn's Washington Commanders show, currently titled Command Center, uh, subject to change, uh, as always. Uh, We also have a Seattle Seahawks one with myself and Al that we've done. We have two episodes in the books already. You can check them out. There's a Carolina Panthers one there called Cat Call um, with uh, Rain. He's already has one episode in the bag too. So we have plenty of content coming for you in this offseason. Stuff that you will not want to miss. And we will also be looking at the local side of things too. Of course, we did a special North Dublin Pirates season preview last week. Looking ahead to what was meant to be our very first game of the year against the Wexford Eagles. And I mentioned we would talk about it at the start of the show. So let's have a chat about it, Fionn. We were meant to play. We were all set. Well, I was all set to play. Unfortunately, you weren't able to. You were in coach mode on Sunday. Um, Mm -hmm. Stripped, ready to go, gear on, gear checked by the officials on both teams. 
the Wexford Eagles sporting their new all black jerseys as well, which I have to point out are very tidy and very nice. So fair play to them for that. Um, and we're just standing around there at one o'clock and we're wondering what's, uh, what's the holdup before we realize there's no ambulance. Um, we had f- uh, a phone number for the crew that was meant to look after us. They did not answer their phones after numerous calls. They did not answer their phones. I believe we called then the original person we booked with, who was as surprised as us that they weren't showing up, which also is not great either. Um, and yeah, Fionn, just a, a very, for all this build up to the start of the year, very disappointing way for it to finish. Yeah, look, for anyone who doesn't know, maybe that's listening in that isn't too familiar with the Irish League, we are mandated to have an ambulance crew on site for any of the games. They are independent, outside people, uh, normally volunteers that we that we pay to come and look after us while we're playing the game just to make sure nothing untoward happens. And if anything serious happens, we have the, the best medical treatment we can as quickly as possible to try and mitigate any of those risks. Look, they say Dara control, the un- control what you can control. That's what we did. We were all there. We were ready to go. Uh, and look, these things happen. It's very unfortunate. It's not what we wanted. It's not what the Eagles wanted. They've played even less than us last season, I believe. So, look, we're going to have to wait an extra couple of weeks. It'll let me get back to full fitness. Hopefully, I'll be able to take part in the first game. We're waiting to hear from the league. It is up to their discretion. Typically, if we don't have the ambulance crew as the home team, that is going to be our problem and might result in a forfeit. We obviously hope that doesn't happen. Uh, the Wexford Eagles, we know Coach Clatt there, very classy gentleman. We will try and play that game if at all possible. And uh, we'll see what comes out of it. I think I must say, Dara, I agree with you. I think the new jerseys look very slick. The old ones were looking quite dated. I think the Eagles will be keen to take a lot of photos at the first game. They get to trot them out to kind of replace some of the social media stuff. Some very, very nice jerseys, I have to say. Yeah, like you mentioned, as of now, we do not know yet what is going to happen. Um, There is a few possibilities where we play them again in Santry. We could have to go and play them twice in Wexford. Like you said, we may actually have to forfeit the game. We don't know just yet what exactly is going to happen. It just means we're going to have to wait now another week and a half before we start our first, uh, we get a proper start to the season. Um, Of course, at home to the Causeway Giants, we will have a show next week looking ahead to that game as well in more detail. Hopefully have some people on from the Giants as well to have the chat about that. But um, one more question before we move off and have a chat about free agency itself, uh, Fionn. We... How did you feel yourself personally for, not for yourself personally, how did you feel for, especially, like we mentioned, this build-up that we've had all season, we finally got the players in place. The Eagles as well were building up. They finally had the players in place after not having much players last season, resulting in their forfeit. All these rookies just gearing up to start, and then um, and then this happens. It's just it's not a great look for the league to see that there's, uh, an abandoned game. We were already they were already up against it this weekend because we were the only game after two the two other games were cancelled. Obviously, that has nothing to do with the league. The weather is the weather. We can't control that. But when it's something as as something as inconspicuous as it should be as getting an ambulance down here, um, to be able to be on time and and having that because of that meaning that you can't play a game of football. It it's it is tough to swallow and it's even worse for the guys that are just looking forward to playing their first game ever probably in a in American football. 
Yeah, look, there's plenty to be disappointed about. I think we're going to have to try hard to see some some of the good things about it. Certainly for me, it was a pleasure to see how many players we got up and kitted, having played through the last couple of years. Uh, we had very strong numbers pre-COVID and lost them over the over the course of the break, as a lot of people will know, especially over last season. We struggled to finish out the season. So I think that's a big bonus. Uh, it was good to see that everything went. It was nice to get the pitch. The pitch was reasonably well marked. As you know, there, I had to run around and do a little quick paint job before the start. But I have to say, the groundskeeper did for the actual pitch. They just There was a couple of lines missing. But other than that, the pitch looked great. Uh, they did a good job to be allow us to play. It would have gone ahead had the ambulance showed up. We would have been the only game. I think the only I think the thing I'm most disappointed with there is, as you know, we're in Division Two. That's the third of three divisions here we have in Ireland. So we were nominated uh, by the guys in the Green Zone podcast to be the game of the week this week. So. We were looking forward to that. I think as a Division 2 team, we might not get another chance to be the game of the week. There's a lot of good teams around Ireland. Maybe that, for me, is the biggest thing, is to miss out on that. Hopefully, if the game is rescheduled, they'll do us a favour and they'll let us be featured as the game of the season. That that game this year, a new initiative, is to try and get those all streamed online or certainly the game of the week streamed online. So uh, it's going to be fun. It's definitely a cool new wrinkle that the league has introduced with the help of the guys and all the podcasts, as there has been a couple of podcasts popping up around Ireland now, focusing on the league and helping out not just ourselves and the domestic game uh, and the Irish NFL show. So there's a couple of new podcasts going. So that's really cool to see. I think I'm going to try and take the positives out of last weekend. And that for me is the, is the big positive. Yeah, I had to give a shout out to uh, Talking Balls podcast. They are the ones who run Green Zone. They uh, very kindly had me on last week to look forward to the game and had a great chat with them. So make sure you check them out as well. Um, one more thing, Fionn, before we don't ever, ever try and take up a job as a, a greenskeeper or a lion man at all. Because... They were not straight. They were not straight. But I didn't have anything to give me a line. It was purely by eye. Not straight. Uh, not I straight. Do... Pretty close. And. <laughs> And on a bandy leg, as you know. So that's naturally going to make me limp a little bit. And it just was impossible for there. I did have uh, Paddy assisting us. Thank you very much, Paddy, for your assistance. But as you know, Dara, Paddy tends to get in the way more than he helps. So I'm going to I'm gonna put squarely the blame on Paddy. I think that's fair. I think it's reasonable. You were there. You saw it. So uh, no one else can prove me wrong. And yeah, I'm, I'm going to bl- fully and completely blame Paddy on this one. Oh, everybody saw those lines. You could not see those lines. But I have to mention also, Coach Fionn was looking good, calling out those plays. I liked him. I liked the plays. Defense looked play strong. We had a had. little scrimmage. Defense, defense yeah. looked strong. I was happy. Yeah, well, it always looks strong when you have your main anchor in the defensive line, like right here, you know? So, that's, that's when sure. you have me, For that's sure. all you need, baby. That's all you need. It's not totally not to do with our absolutely massive nose tackle who is going to destroy every single person he comes up against this season. It has nothing to do with that. That's, it's all about there. All about there. And the play calls from Sean as well. But look, listen, let's move on um, and talk a little bit about free agency. And it is actually an interesting day to talk about it because a certain quarterback that always has questions about marks about him every year, whether or not he's going to stay with his team, actually gave a definitive statement on the Pat McAfee podcast today. That is, of course, Aaron Rodgers, who said today his intention is to play for the New York Jets next season. It's all coming. Oh, the only thing that's left is compensation. 
and um, he talked a little bit about before the darkness retreat and he mentioned that he was 90% sure he was going to retire before going into the darkness retreat but then when he felt the goalposts were shifted by the team in terms of uh, the reports that were coming out he wanted to play um, and he's decided that he's going to want to play in New York with the Jets it looks like the saga is nearly ending Fionn obviously the compensation has to be dealt out I think two first round picks is the quote at the moment which is a lot for a 30 late 30s was he 37 38 year old quarterback um is that's a lot to pay for considering if you pay the same you can get Lamar Jackson um so but Fionn your uh, initial reaction to Aaron Rodgers looking like he's off to the Jets yeah, I kind of enjoyed this one. It was one of those ones that slowly unfolded. Aaron Rodgers, as he has a way of doing every offseason, creating a narrative uh, despite his insistence that he doesn't want to be anywhere near any narratives of any description. But he seems to end up in them every single offseason. I did like that it went from where could he go and slowly as the different pundits around the league sat down and really analysed who, who, who had the capital, who could actually... Uh, who could actually be interested, who had the team around them that might entice them, who had the market around to entice them. I think it slowly became the Jets, and I'm I'm kind of happy. As a AFC team, we don't come across them too much on the Washington Commanders side of things. I know they've had a lot of misery. The Browns managed to pull themselves out by the bootstraps. It's gone a little bit sideways on them the last couple of seasons, but they did a good job getting out of where they were. And I think the Jets can do the same. I think they've got probably three years of a really good Aaron Rodgers. If they're lucky, that might be enough to get them through. I don't know if first season out of the gate, they're going to be really Super Bowl contenders. I think they're probably playoff contenders. Aaron Rodgers up until last year was always my favorite. Anytime he got into the playoffs. And then last year he did, he didn't manage to get it done, which is a little bit against the trend that he had. But I think it's a strong move for the Jets. I think they will need to keep an eye on not breaking the bank. Like you said, two first-round picks I think is huge. The reports I heard was that they probably wouldn't require two. I think one first-rounder is probably reasonable enough. Because at the end of the day, not only do you have to keep an eye out on future quarterbacks, because he's not going to play forever. He's already, as you said, well in his 30s. You gotta also make sure that you can keep the the team around him, the core around him strong, whether that's young players or free agents. And the best way to do that is through the draft. The Jets have been unreasonably good at the draft, I would have to say. Last year they had a huge haul of picks and they seem to hit on quite a lot of them. A very strong team, very quick turnaround. So yeah, it'll be interesting. What do you think? Do you think it's a good natural fit, or do you think it's the Jets going out and getting the best possible? free agent quarterback that they felt was on the carousel and they're just going to kind of hit and hope that he slots into the the core of players that they have there already. I think this is something that they had to do. It's gone one end of the scale. So for the last few quarterbacks that they've had, if you look at Zach Wilson, Sam Darnold, um, who's before Sam Darnold in New York? Uh, we'll just Mike use those White. two as an example. Anyway. Mike White was there too, but they've gone for young guys that they've drafted high. It hasn't worked. So let's go to the other end. Let's go for a veteran near the end of his uh, time who has been MVP three, four times in the league. Um, and let's see if we can do it with him, um, which is an interesting way to go. It might work. It might not work. Um, 
I think it's interesting that they're signing his quote-unquote favourites at the moment. Uh, Alan Lazard sign is is joining. Randall Cobb is a name that's being heavily linked. Um, I mentioned it on Twitter today that I would not be surprised to see Jamal Williams rock up there either. Um, that's a good show. He, he obviously was with the Lions last year, but he was with the Packers before that. And Aaron Rodgers has always said he and him and Williams have had a really good relationship. Um, although they do have Bryce Hall coming back, or Brees Hall, sorry, sorry, coming back from injury, who was electric um, and actually uh, kind of tore the Packers apart when the Jets beat the Packers in Lambeau this past season as well. Um, what will that do for Garrett Wilson then? Um, Elijah Moore, Denzel Mims, what's going to happen with them? Um, so it's interesting. We'll see. We'll see. And obviously, Nathaniel Hackett is the OC over there now, which is interesting too. Obviously, he's OC over in, in Green Bay. Um, I also mentioned on Twitter that the Jets are lucky that they already play in green because if Aaron Rodgers joins them, he probably want them to change their colors to green as well. Um, so we'll see. We'll I see. Heard, um, I heard Joe name. It's going to let him use number 12 as well. But as yeah, you, as you were saying though, Dara, I think Lazard's a good son, and I actually like him. He was one of the only wide receivers who could catch a ball over the last three years in Green Bay. Uh, I think Randall Cobb is a, maybe a step too far. I think that's maybe pandering down to Rogers a little bit. I he's quite old. I don't see his versatility. You listed off DJ, uh, sorry, not DJ Moore, Elijah. What was Elijah Moore Elijah. Uh, and Mims as well. They're, they're fine at that kind of 3-4 slot wide receiver role. If you've got Garrett Wilson and Lazard, I think that's a pretty good 1-2 combo on the outside. So I really don't... I think Cobbs is a little bit surplus to requirement. I think that might be a step too far. Certainly, if you're going for it, I wouldn't be going and paying him too much money. I'd be kind of going, do you want to ride Aaron Rodgers' coattails? Here's the vet main. In you come, we'll get you in for a couple of plays here and there, maybe when we need it when we need a third down or a fourth down, and you know Rogers better than anyone else who's on the pitch at the moment. Beyond that, I don't see a whole lot of value in, in adding Cobbs, I have to say. Yeah. Um, before we go back to the Green Bay chat, I have to pop up this comment here very quickly from Griff. I'm going to push you back in this season. Um, Griff. I, I Griff is obviously, this is from uh, Trinity. Griff, um, as much as you would like to, because I know you had a great game against the Giants. I don't play offensive line, so I don't know how it's going to work. Now, if you want to play offensive line against me and see if you do that, let's try. I think it'd be fun. Um, but look, listen, that's obviously Trinity have had a great start to the year. Um, fantastic for them. Actually, they play Wexford the week after we play the Causeway Giants as well. So um, it'd be interesting be to see fun. some dates. We share a ground. I think it's it's going to be good crack. I like those kind of comments. Hopefully, both both their teams can play well. We play them at the end of the season. So if we can have both of us playing in our home grounds with real with real wins on the line and really good seasons in their back pocket, I think it's going to make for excellent football. I wouldn't be surprised that actually if that makes us onto game of the week and all hometown derby, a Dublin derby mm-hmm. in the same ground two weeks in a row. I believe we play them right twice. Twice at the end of the season in a row, home and away. Yeah, in May. Right? In May, and I actually I had the chance to speak to Griffin on on Sunday, and unffortunately he um he told me he won't be around for one of them. So hmm. maybe if we meet so in the bowl, have to lock uh, you get your two games one, against. I guess, Dara. Yeah. So if he locks us up on one, they're going to be wide open on the second game. So I'm not too 
Ah, no, we're looking forward to um, Griff's, Griff's one of the good ones there as well. So it's always good. Uh, thank you for tuning in as always. But on the Rodgers, Rodgers thing, I want to flip it over to the Packers now because Jordan Love is the, I guess, QB1 there at the moment. He did mention it in his uh, Pat McAfee interview that they drafted Jordan to be his replacement. I'm not so convinced that Jordan's going to be the replacement. I think if they get I'm the nervous. compensation that they... If they get the compensation that they want of two first round picks, they already have their other first round pick as not as they would have this year as well. I see them using that as a package to move up in the draft and go after one of the quarterbacks. I think. Well, you've got to go up really to third, don't you? You got to go up. You got to flip third to or Arizona. Fifth. I think I'd say fifth third is or too fifth. late. I think there's only from what I've heard, there's four guys that could go in the top five. I think most mm-hmm. teams are comfortable with three. Uh, that being obviously Stroud, then Young, and then what's the young man from Florida's name? Uh, you have Richardson, Richardson and you have Will Levis as well. I think so. I think Will Levis, though, oh, something tells me from the from the things I've been hearing in the background that he's rated slightly below. He would be the, the least of the four picks. So I think if you've got your eye on one of them, you're going to have to go ahead and get right up into Arizona because you can't afford. There's too many quarterback needy teams up there. You've got the Colts. Uh, there's plenty of other teams in and around that that one to six zone that you're going to have to get up over. So I think Arizona is the number one way. Are they going to be interested? Do they rank the players high enough to be able to, or do they rank Anderson? Uh, sorry, Richardson high enough to go and get him? I don't know. He's certainly impressed on his pro day. But pro days, as we know, don't always translate. Or sorry, in the dra- in the combine, they will have his pro day. So let's see what happens. I think it's going to be interesting to see. I don't know if it's a good move for them or not. I really don't. So it'll. I don't trust Love. I do think they're going to have to find something else. I think they've had enough time to look at Love, and they would have played him by now if they could have. So he yeah, I'm a, a little bit nervous for the Packers. And he had he had that one. Um... Yeah, the one game against KC as well against Mahomes and everyone was praising him because he stuck, he kept them in the game and stuff like that. So, look, we'll see. It's all right coming in for a game or two and getting ready for that single game. Mm-hmm. Let's just see what happens in, this, in in a full season and if they do stick with him. I still think that they're going to try and move up. Um, look, they may take someone else because obviously there's, there's ones further down in the draft as well. Um, I think Hendon Hooker is a name to look out for in the later rounds as a True. potential quarterback yeah. to pick up. Um, hey, if you want to roll the dice and, and take a shot on Stetson Bennett, you know, he won a nanny last year with Georgia. You never know. Yeah, with his little you noodle know. arm. Well, look, he still won it and he still is a decent decent. Did you see the side of his tight good. end, Dara? No wonder he won it. The tight end nearly look. threw him across the line. Yeah, who was that? That was um, Darnell Washington, wasn't it? Washington, he's, yeah, he, he is a he's going to be a good pickup this showed year. showed out at the combine. Yeah, he's going to be a good pickup this year for sure. But look, we can talk about draft later on. A few other notable free agent sort of pickups, I guess, over the last little while. Mm-hmm. Javon Hargrave is going to the San Francisco 49ers, um, part of a somewhat exodus, you could say, from the Eagles. They um, are now, it's not confirmed if they are definitely losing him, but um. Uh, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson is gone 
Um, as of now, he's signed gone. a new contract. Darius Slay has been released. They tried to trade him, couldn't find a trade partner. Um, James Bradbury has signed a new contract. He's staying. They've lost TJ Edwards, who's gone to the Bears. They, like I mentioned, Javon Hargrave. They've lost Miles Sanders. Um, they have lost. There's another one on that defense that they've lost as well. Um, Marcus Epps um, is gone too. So it seems a bit of a, an exodus. There's some Philly reporters are trying to say, look, lads, it's all okay. It's all part of the plan and stuff. But they lost their OC. They've lost their DC. They're losing players. It's um, at this early stage, it's not looking great. Jason Kelsey, I should also mention, is staying. He signed a one-year deal. He's he's not retiring too, which I say is vitally important as well for them too. But um, especially as uh, because the Eagles are a team in your division, Fionn, um, I guess it's a little encouraging to see so many players leave. Well, look, it's part of the party of the NFL, right? Like once you start doing well, your coaches go off to try and become head coaches. Your free agent signings, your big free agent signings, go and look somewhere else. A lot of guys have performed really well. Uh, so I think it's time. It's a it's a struggle, right? When you sign a lot of excellent free agents, which they did, you're going to have a lot leaving. I think we're seeing the same with the San Francisco 49ers. They've been kind of decimated on defense as well. I'm sure as free agency goes along, they'll sign some more guys back again. Not necessarily the same guys that have left, but you know what I mean? They'll rebuild the ranks a little bit. Don't know necessarily if I believe, oh, it's all part of the plan. I think it's all expected maybe is more is more the best way to phrase it in, in terms of the Eagles. I don't know if you can ever plan to lose a lot of key guys on one side of the ball as opposed to a couple of guys spread out across your team a little bit. So, look, the Eagles will try and sign the best they can. I was cautiously optimistic about the Eagles last year that Washington will be able to overcome them. I was significantly wrong on that. So I'm not going to hold my breath and say that a lot of free agent losses are going to bring them any closer to the Washington Commanders this season. The Washington Commanders also have a lot of work to do in the offseason to try and build a competitive team. A couple of good teams came out of that division last year. The Giants, who've re-signed and been fairly quiet so far. They haven't lost anything too big. They've added Darren Waller to the to the offense. They're going to be He's going to be a threat. I think tight end has been a problem for the Giants the last couple of seasons. So, look, the Eagles in general, it's always going to happen when you get to the Super Bowl little bit of a hangover. That's why it's so hard to make it back two years in a row, never mind if you win it. So uh, it's expected. I think it's the way that it goes. It's the cycle of the NFL, but I'm sure they'll be fine. I don't expect them to have lost so much that they'll instantly drop back to the back of the pack. I think Jalen Hurts, as you said, and Travis Kelsey, that's two huge key pieces of the offense and they're still in place. So we'll see how it all plays out as the, as the free agency season rolls through. Yeah. Um, on the AFC side of things, um, on day one, one of the biggest spenders was the Denver Broncos. Um, and they have spent a lot of money just on their O-line alone. Um, the likes of Ben Powers and Mike McGlinchey coming in to um, help out, obviously, Russ and um, the rest of that offense. On the on the flip side of that, though, they are sh- uh, shopping a lot of their wide receiver talent, including Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, um, and KJ Hamler. Um, they're looking for at least a first-round pick for Jerry Judy is the latest I've seen. Um, one funny um, thought that I had, though, with this, I don't know if you notice about the Mike McGlinchey signing, plays right tackle, 
He's six foot nine. Um, Russ, of course, is five foot ten. I feel sorry for whoever plays on that right side of uh, the right the right side uh, wide receiver because uh, Russ is never going to see him with Mike McGlinchey there uh, nope. covering him the whole time. So it'll be a lot of throws to the left, I'd imagine. Yeah, look, it's a dangerous game to play. I know uh, a lot of people putting a lot of faith in Sean Payton. Uh, my instinct leaned the same way as it leaned the last year. Everyone said when they saw it, Russell Wilson, this was going to game change the Broncos' instant Super Bowl contenders. I feel like the narrative now is a little bit the same for uh, Sean Payton coming in, and I'm not so sure. I think it's a dangerous game to play when Russ is underperforming last year to come in and get rid of some of that offensive talent. I did see one analyst point out last season that it's kind of it's kind of the Payton way where he feels like he can get by using his scheme with some kind of lower let's say, second-tier talents at the skill position. I'm not sure he has a quarterback good enough at the moment in the Denver Broncos. I will have to be proven wrong about Russell Wilson if I'm to believe that he still has it in him to perform and drag this team along. And we saw even, Dara, and you bear, bore witness to this, even in the days where you could say he still was showing good football in Seattle, he definitely lost that ability to hold them and drag them through despite the performances of the players around him, especially in that year prior to when he left. And I feel like if he doesn't have enough talent around him, it's going to be a big problem. And they might have excellent protection, but if they don't have really top tier guys for him to throw to, I think it may cause problems in the future. So that makes me a little bit nervous watching the Denver Broncos. But as I said, I am slightly down on them just because of what happened last year, just because of the hype around Russell Wilson. So maybe it's my bias rubbing off a little bit. What do you think? Is it, is this a policy that you sign off on? Or would you agree with me and say, this is maybe a little bit premature to be getting rid of your top wide receiver talent when Russ hasn't played well since he's got there? Yeah, see, I thought it is an odd one. It, it, is it one of those things maybe, you know, when a coach walks in the door and he says, look, listen, if you don't want to be here, tell me now before we start getting into things and then we'll try and find a home for you. And maybe that's what they're after saying. Look, I can't play here anymore. I don't want to. I want to move on. But see, now, there was rumours about Judy um, last season before the trade deadline as well. So it seems as though he's been wanting to move for a while. Um, Cortland Sutton actually tweeted there last weekend, I think it was, or was it just before free agency started, where he says, I just want to be some, somewhere where I'm loved or where I'm valued. I can't remember the, the, the tweet exactly. but um, So there is some discontent in that wide receiver room. Look, if they, if they get what they want, like I don't believe a first-round pick for Judy is probably what they're going to get. Maybe second, maybe. Um, but... With Cortland Sutton, I don't know how. I don't think you could get maybe if you get a third. I think you're doing well with Cortland Sutton. Not that he's a bad player. It's just um, uh, they've I all think... suffered a they've all suffered a Wilson hangover. Yeah. He hasn't made them yeah, look yeah, good. Yeah. I think if you get Judy as it with a first second rounder, which I think is possible, I think that's a steal. I I really do. I remember his combine coming out. He's a top talent at wide mm-hmm. receiver. Sutton, I agree with you. I think. He's certainly good enough, but he has had to suffer under Russell Wilson. And I don't know if people remember enough of his good play to to trade a second rounder or a first rounder. Definitely not. So, yeah, yeah. I think I think they're probably looking at a third rounder. And KJ Hamler as well. He's another new guy in the league. He hasn't been able to show a lot 
outside of some was is he is this his third year in the league? I think he had he was there before yeah Russell Wilson yeah, arrived, be, so he had yeah, yeah. he struggled yeah. with the quarterbacks before, and then he had Russell Wilson and his season last year. Look, it's going to be difficult. I think they've devalued their wide receiver core a lot. I did stories out last season about how Russell was rubbing up that uh, the dressing room the wrong way, and a lot of lads weren't particularly happy about his style of leadership uh, or the way that he likes to conduct his NFL business. So, yeah, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised maybe if you're right on that one, that there's a, a significant chunk of players that don't really want to be there anymore. And maybe it's not all Sean Payton's master plan. Maybe it's him adapting to the scenario that he's walked into. Yeah, that could be it. That could be it. Um, because we don't have much time left. I'm going to ask you about mm-hmm. two teams that have been the most active so far. Um, I want to get your point of view and see what how you think they've done. Um, because... When teams spend a lot of money in free agency, it's seen as a kind of a desperate play. The Jaguars were guilty of it for so long um, and they overspent and overspent and overspent when realistically they should have been maybe drafting talent and maybe focusing on the coaching tree being correct. But the two highest spenders, I think, so far outside of the Broncos have been the Falcons and the Bears. So looking at the Bears, first of all, um, they have... And brought in um, Tremaine Edmonds um, and TJ Edwards, two linebackers of, from Buffalo and the Eagles, respectively. Um, especially Tremaine Edwin, Edmonds has got an absolutely massive contract. Um, they brought in the guard Nate Davis from uh, the Titans. Um, they have also um, brought in... Who have they also brought in? I should have checked this out. Um, is that all they've brought in so far? I think it is. Oh, Travis Homer. That's what it was. The former Seattle uh, Seahawks running back has come in as well because uh, David Montgomery is gone. Um, more of a special teamer maybe than a starting running back. On the Falcons side of things, they have um, brought in uh, Jesse Bates, um, the safety from the Bengals. They have re-signed um, Caleb McGarry to a massive contract as well. Kalen, uh, Caden Ellis, um, they've gotten in from New Orleans. And, of course, your former uh, quarterback in Washington, Tyler Heineke, has come in at the Falcons probably to challenge Desmond Ritter for that uh, starting QB job. And, of course, they traded as well for uh, Johnny Smith for a seventh-round pick from the um, Patriots as well. Your uh, thoughts on those two teams. Uh, have you liked the money they've spent? Um, and especially now added, to, I should also add it to the Bears too. They did trade away their first round pick for a heap um, from the Carolina Panthers of uh, first round, second round and DJ Moore as well. So you can add him into the acquisitions too, a really good acquisition there too. But what do you think about those two teams moves early in this uh, off season? Yeah, the Bears are the one that really stood out to me. Two stud linebackers that added to an already pretty good defense. The offensive side of things, DJ Moore, I think, might be one of the best acquisitions that they could get out of that trading out of the first position in the NFL draft. That's key. I think the wide receiver position let them and Justin Fields down a little bit last year. I think if Justin Fields can stay healthy, they've made significant improvements. I wouldn't be surprised to see them jump up significantly this season in terms of win percentage. Uh, for the Falcons, a little bit nervous. I know they also signed, I think they spent $80 million on a safety as well. Like his name, uh, I forget his name, unfortunately. But yeah, I think they're building around Desmond Ritter. Desmond Ritter, to me, has a little bit of a whiff of Jordan Love about him. I'm not sure we've seen enough good football 
that can let you build around it. But of course, we've seen some teams at the moment move away from those huge quarterback salaries uh, that are going around for kind of that secondary third tier of quarterbacks where you still got to pay nearly 20, 40 million dollars for a per year for these guys. I think they're moving away. They're working around their cheap quarterback and they're really building a team around it so that hopefully I think they're going to try and maneuver some cap space over the next couple of years to really either draft in the next quarterback that they fancy or go and get a quarterback in the next free agency cycle. So, yeah, I think the the Falcons certainly are spending a lot of money. I don't know if it's, as you mentioned, the Jaguars. I don't know if it's to their extent. I don't think it's panic stations. I do think it's calculated, but I don't think they're necessarily going to see the immediate return on their investments as the Bears will, just because I think Justin Fields has found his game very well last year. And I think it's, I'm expecting it to progress a little bit into this year. Uh, Desmond Ritter has not done that yet. So they'll have to hope that he finds his game along the way this season in order for them to really benefit from all the money that they're spending in this offseason. Well, they're eighth in the moment at the draft. Do you think they would move up and possibly look at one of those quarterbacks? I don't know. It really seems to me like they're going to go ahead and, and just go with Desmond Ritter. I think they brought in Taylor Heineke. You haven't seen what he did in Washington, knowing that if Ritter really is suffering, they have an eight and eight guy, right? A, a guy that you want your quarterback, that a backup, I beg your pardon, that can play as a starter. He maybe doesn't have the ability to drag you into the playoffs as Washington have seen, but certainly in terms of being forced to play with a backup, I think he's been very well. I don't think there's a lot of teams that could have coped the way that Washington did with their starters going down at the rate that they were and having Heineke step in there and play well for them. Certainly they could have helped them out a bit more. We all know his limitations, but if you've got a coach and staff that can take advantage of those limitations or mitigate those limitations a little bit, I think you'd be all right. So I think that's a good move for them. I think they're definitely keyed in on Desmond Ritter. That's where I feel like their attention is. And they've brought in a strong backup then as well, that if things do go a little bit south or he does need a little bit of a dig out, they have a kind of a a tried and tested guy off the bench that they can bring in who can certainly keep them afloat if need be. Yeah. Um, For me with the Bears, I really like what they've done. Um, I really like that they have focused on getting some really talented um, defenders, especially in the linebacking position there. A couple of years ago, the Bears were a really, really mean defense and I'd love for them to go back to that. Um, they still need to get, they obviously they got Nate Davis Um, they still need more on that offensive line. They're in I think position nine at the moment. That's where the the trade with the Panthers left them. There is some really good offensive linemen in the first round to get in the draft, so hopefully they use that pick for one of them. Um. The Falcons, I, I'm i not sure about just yet. Jesse Bates didn't have the best of years last year. Um, hopefully, he can rekindle some sort of form. Um, AJ Terrell didn't have a great year in the cornerback position last year. Hopefully, he can get back to playing well. Um, like These teams are building. The Johnny Smith one was weird for me, um, trading for him, especially now with Kyle Pitts. Um, I'm not sure why they would do that. He's a blocking, but... he's more a blocking tight end. I think maybe they're just bringing him in mm. for a, a kind of heavy set look, maybe a two tight end run one way past the other way, kind of RPO, yeah. where you've got a blocker on the backside and a pass catcher on the on the front side. Maybe that's yeah. Well, I, I, I think though, like especially in this draft as well, because there's so many really good tight ends in this draft, particularly, I think it's the best tight end class they've had in a long, long time. Trading for Johnny Smith's 
and the contract that he has with the Patriots was a bit weird when he can get one of the rookies and um and have them as a blocking tight end. I thought it would have been better, but hey, look, listen, that's just me. Um, but it'd be interesting to see. Those are the two sort of biggest spenders, sort of along with the Broncos so far this offseason. And um, we'll see what happens in the course when the draft comes along. And um last two years I haven't been really into the draft, but this year I've Obviously, because the Seattle's two picks in the first round, I'm really interested now in the draft and seeing what happens, especially obviously around five and 20 and what they're going to do. But um, we are going to wrap up this edition of the show. Uh, Fionn, as always, thank you so much. Thank you very much. We'll be back again next week and we'll talk a bit more about free agency and any other moves that happens um, when we have a bit more time before we go. If you aren't already, um, subscribe to our YouTube channel at, un, or not at Undercenter, just Undercenter Podcast. Subscribe, be kept up to date with all the shows. Like our regular show here and our uh, shows looking at specific teams like the Seahawks, Commanders, Panthers. We'll be getting some giant shows in there as well and stuff. Um, listen back on the podcast, understand our podcast, wherever you uh, watch your podcast or listen to your podcast, you'll find us there. And um, thank you to everyone that listened to the last shows about the Pirates preview. It was our best show yet. Hopefully, we can keep that going and we can get to keep um, getting those listens in at Undercenter Pod on Instagram, Twitter. That's where to follow us. We keep you up to date with all the shows there too. But like I said, um, that is all the time we have for this week. Until next time, stay safe and we'll see you soon.